Welcome to Remix the Narrative. Remix the Narrative is a podcast that discusses the issues and topics that impact children, families, and education. Through dialogue, we discuss the good, bad, great, and ugly with the hopes to promote change. Tune in to get expert advice and tools to help the whole family. All right, hello, welcome everyone to this um, town hall. I'm so excited uh, for our panel discussion today because I truly myself feel honored to have each of these men on the panel. Uh, when I was thinking about who would be the best people to have just to talk about this impact in the community and just things that they're doing just organically just because of their hearts for the um, love of Chicago. Uh, many of you all suggested when I asked individuals and in, in each of these individuals I've learned about either in-personally or through other individuals as well. So I'm excited just one to just talk about how are these men doing amazing work in the city and the work that we can continue to do in the city. So as you all are tuning in, as we do each Monday, as you have questions or comments, put them in the comment sections. I will display them. We'll get to a Q&A time where you can pose them to each of the men or is a direct person you want to ask. And again, this is really an opportunity for us as the city of Chicago to come together and think of ways that we can continue to support kids, families, and just as we through this pandemic. So to kick it off for our community leaders in action, we're going to start off with each of them with an introduction. And so we'll just have each of them kind of briefly introduce themselves and then we'll dive right into our conversation. So we will start off with Mr. Jamal Cole. Hey, how y'all doing? Thank you definitely for having me. Um, look, my name is Jamal Cole. I'm the founder, executive director of My Block, My Hood, My City. We're a social impact organization based out of Chatham on the South Side. Um, you know, our motto is um, instead of blaming big city government, saying the city's messed up, the weather's messed up, the, the alderman's messed up, that philosophy to us is messed up. Our philosophy is what's something simple you can do that'll have a positive impact on your block. So what's something simple you can do that'll change everything? If you start simple, you can take on bigger challenges later on. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I look forward to talking with all of y'all. Yeah. We'll go on to Watson. Hello, my name is Walter Mendenhall. I'm the executive director of the Male Mogul Initiative. The Male Mogul Initiative seeks to positively transform the way young men live and lead in their communities through leadership and entrepreneurship development. Um, basically, what we try to do, we try to take young men's ideas and make them into profitable businesses. Yes, That's what's up. Ryan. All right. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Uh, thanks for having me, Jerema. Uh, my name is Ron Scott. Uh, I am an entrepreneur as well. My brand is uh, Fresh. That is an acronym that stands for Forever Remaining Extraordinary Thing Humble. Uh, I've been a barber for over 20 years. Uh, I've been a natural hairstylist for over 13 years now. Um, so basically, I've, I've worked with youth. Um, I'm a youth mentor, uh, social advocate as well. Awesome. And then Mr. Tim Flowers. <laughs> uh, first of all, my name is Tim Flowers. I want to thank all of you all for you know, having this conversation. I want to thank Jerema for putting it together. I'm always telling people I think that it's very important that we as men um, start to have certain dialogues that can kind of transform what's going on in the community. Me, myself, I'm the assistant basketball coach at Simeon Career Academy. It's also where I played at, so it's near and dear to my heart. I do a lot of mentorship work in the Inglewood area, 22nd in Marshfield. And again, man, I'm just thankful to be a part of this right now. 
Awesome. And so just to, to jump off, I think that many of us are familiar with um, individuals' works as people who are tuning in. But I would love for uh, what I'm learning as I work with more families and schools is that they really aren't aware of everything that's happening in the cities. Um, as you know, the pandemic like hit us and there's a lot of like questions of how do we still support the youth? How are families still being able to be supported? Are there still spaces where kids can have these kind of social emotional conversations? And so I would just love for us to start off with the conversation of what are you currently doing um, in, in, the, in this time or has it paused some of the work you were doing? So whoever would love to jump in on that question, what's currently the ways that you're serving the community during this time? Uh, okay, I'll go. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, currently, uh, I'm utilizing my, uh, my organization uh, as a, a gateway to impact the community. Um, I work in a lot with the uh, NPAT Chicago. Uh, we are promoting the U.S. Census 2020. Mm -hmm. um, so we've actually been awarded a $25,000 grant to promote the census. And for those that don't know, the census is a way that we do get funding mm -hmm. to do the things we do, pass out food and things like that. So um, that's one of the things I'm doing. Also, um, I work a lot with the uh, my youth group, the Kappa League. Um, which is a group of young men um, uh, via my chapter of uh, Harvey Markham. And so we do a, a virtual Zoom meeting every Saturday to check mm -hmm. in on the uh, on the young guys and see how their uh, mental health is, um, mm -hmm. let alone schoolwork. And, um, you know, so we get a lot out of that. Um, also, let me see, last but most definitely not least, praying. <laughs> uh, yeah, doing a lot of that. And... Um, just you know talking to everybody staying connected and you know yeah trying to trying to get through this basically <laughs> I feel you. yeah yeah anyone else want to jump in uh yeah so i'll go uh so right now currently we are doing uh we're still doing mentorship classes so we are every monday and or actually every wednesday and friday from 12 to 3. uh we're just open on zoom whether it's just a one-on-one -on -one conversation or you know just teaching classes with a small group of young men we just want to kind of keep engaged and also for this summer we actually have uh employed 26 young men to work at various uh work sites uh okay. during the summer so they can have some income coming in for the summer love it love it love it yeah so i mean i'll, I'll take it next if that's all with y'all um yeah. for me you know obviously by me being a coach it's more direct contact and we not not able to have that right now during that time. But I'm thankful and fortunate enough to work for a head coach, Rob Smith, over at Simeon, where he's delegated five and six kids um, during this pandemic lockdown for us to be responsible for to make sure that um, one of the things that we are not talking about enough when it comes to our students is the importance for them right now to be checking in, logging in, and submitting their work, um, mm -hmm. even though they're not in school. The importance for that because I'm looking at it as, you know, for somebody that's a coach or athlete that want to go be a division one athlete, as we all know, academically, you got to fill that box too. So this is an important time for guys that's not in school to be able to go in, log in, submit the work and get the best possible grade that you can get. If you're a sophomore, this might help you as a senior. So for me, it's just been, been more about being present for the young guys, making sure I'm available for them, communicating with them, whether, and I'm not going to lie, even if it's just, Man, let's play Madden for a second. Let's just talk stuff to each other 
just so we can have this dialogue with each other so I can kind of get my feelings on what's going on with you. So that's my way of, you know, make a strong stand relevant right now, helping with our young people. I love it, love it. And then right. Jamal, what's what's up? What's yeah. going on? Yeah, well, first of all, wow, I mean, honored again to be on the call. Y'all doing such great work. I'm gonna have to take you up on that Madden, playing a Madden online. <laughs> I mean, right now, man, there's a lot of young uh, men and women that are um, out of school and out of work. And there's a lot of seniors that, are, um, that need to be checked in on and they need food and supplies and they can't come out the house. Um, what we've been doing is just playing matchmaker. So we've been, we've been able to get about 50 seniors 50 youth jobs by having them do well-being checks on the, we have 2,500 seniors that have reached out for support. They can't come out the house. They want to get groceries and they need to be checked up on or maybe connected to a primary care physician. So our youth, you know, they work 10 hours a week. We pay them $15 an hour and they make well-being calls and they, um, they, you know, we have an entire script for them. We can connect them to, you know, um, we do contact tracing and we can also connect them to primary health care physicians. So it's been a, a good opportunity for youth that are interested in the healthcare field to be exposed to um, work there. They get, you know, certificates from Rush Hospital. And we've also been doing volunteer events every two weeks where we have hundreds of people, you know, come to a park and we um, we put well-being kits inside of their cars and they deliver them to seniors that need help. So we mm. ship out about 100 packets of food a week and we do about I want to say maybe 500 pack care packets that include hand sanitizer, disinfectant spray, gloves, masks, et cetera. And we deliver those to about 500 houses a month. So we're, we're um, doing God's work like everybody else. Um, when you're a leader, you know, you don't really know what to do. You just, you know, you move forward when you're uncertain. And right now I'm just trying my best to ask questions and try to understand and move forward. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And it's, goes perfectly to our next question. And every one of you all hit on it, which I wanted to start off with is the well-being. And so many of you all have talked about like this social emotional, just simply as Tim talked about, like, hey, we just, I, I care about those academics, but if it's through a game, we get to talk. I mean, let's chop it up. Um, I know each of y'all just talked about is like, hey, just checking in on our friends and families. Um, and this goes into what do we still need to address and consider? And so I would just first would love to see through the community that you work through, how are people doing? Like, what is the well-being? That could be from a youth perspective, um, perception, or even with Jamal, you just mentioned the seniors. Like, how are we doing? The seniors are lonely. But I'll show you, they're really lonely. So it's good to check in on your seniors to see how they're doing and see if they need anything else besides um, what, what type of groceries do you need? Do you need, um, do you um, have any, um, do you know COVID facts? Like, hey, this is what the symptoms of COVID are. Um, contact tracing, who have you been in contact with? It's just, just check in with people and see how they're doing. That's the number one thing that I'm, I'm hearing from seniors though, is that they, uh, they're so appreciative when the youth call because they're lonely right now. Yeah. I think too, also another thing is that I know a lot of young men are angry I know some of my seniors, uh, part of their football season was gone, their basketball season. Um, they weren't able to go to playoffs. Track was canceled. So there's a lot of anger surrounding um, them and having them to coach through. We have to coach, help them coach through that anger. Yeah. And, you know, trying to see the, uh, you know, the possibilities and uh, sometimes obstacles. Yeah. I see over, you know, over there with us at Simeon. And I mean, just a fact, anybody that knows basketball, our program does a good job of getting young men and sending them to college, getting Division One, Division Two, scholarships in general to the next level after they leave Simeon. 
So kind of to what you were just saying, Walter, bro, it's, it's been difficult because those seniors that needed this last part of the year for qualifications for the next level, um, I'm thankful that um, the NCAA chose to accept most things that they put certain boxes and the grades from this semester really won't matter. That was a huge thing for us because we had a kid this year, Jeremiah Williams, who helped us to win the city championship. He just committed to the University of Temple a couple weeks ago. And we just, at one point in time, didn't know what it was going to be because there was so much misinformation out here that we didn't know what to tell our young people. We didn't know what to, you know, how to guide them through this time. So I think that there's been a lot of frustration on behalf of the young people. And like I just said, just from the fact that we got so much miseducation, they've been lost. That's what I see most is just those two things. Yeah. 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 Uh, those were, I mean, three great responses. Uh, <laughs> man. So I believe that uh, to put it all together, uh, the culmination of it all is it goes back to mental health. Um, when you're checking on somebody, seeing how they're doing, you know, uh, seeing what's going on with them, that's, you know, uh, mental health. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I encourage is uh, pretty much getting back to the things that we've gotten away from to encourage that. Like for me, I, you know, called up some homies and played softball, you know what I'm saying? Like in the park, I ain't played softball in years. Yeah. You know, just to throw, get outside in the backyard, throw around the football. Who been in the backyard? When the last time you been in the backyard, we all, we get so busy, you yeah. know, yeah. living our lives and stuff like that, that we get away from, you know, the simple things that we used to do. So that's one of the things that um, I've also been doing to uh, help during this time. I love it. Um, I know many of you all kind of hit in on your, in, even in your personal lives of entrepreneurs or like in your work are helping you to do that. Um, I believe, and I would love to hear what you all think that this is a perfect time for us to help our community and people to realize the whole power of entrepreneurship and starting their own things and starting to really like invest in those dreams and wish before like I didn't have the time and we ain't got nothing but time you know what I mean or right. it's that new skill you wanted to learn like this is that time to take that class right. and rebuild it um I work in high school in high school and so speaking to my students I'm like hey I remember you saying you want to start a podcast what about that you know what I mean um you told me you really want to do that fashion line like this might be that time to hit up someone to see if they'll be your mentor you know what I'm saying I think just giving them those ideas because similar to you all working with the youth and working with families people are just kind of lacking direction right like what do I do during this time maybe I had a thriving business before this and it I don't know what it's gonna look like at the end of it or you know what do I do if summertime doesn't look the way it used to like summer camps all those things um, do y'all have like any top of mind suggestions or things that we may need to just chew on? Or, like, what can we help people to find hope in? Like, man, maybe it's that time. Maybe it's a reason why that job ended. It's a reason for you to start your own job. You know what I mean? What, what, what is some, some maybe some conversations or things that you think about that? That's one of the things I've been saying a lot lately. And by the way, great point. Um, great yeah. points you all are making. But I've been telling people that you know the Bible says that if you uh, um, if you give a man a fish, you'll have food for a day. But if you teach a man a fish, he'll have food for a lifetime. And so um, I think these $1,200 stimulus checks are good for today. But you know, how are we ensuring people, we're helping people in the long run, you know? Um, we, people are quick to hand out food, you know? I mean, hey, you guys need some food? You guys need some food? Yeah. But why can't we be training entrepreneurs on how to use internet marketing skills or, or brick and mortar mm -hmm. businesses on how to, you know, use constant contact or start their website? 
we can be um, teaching people financial literacy. Um, a lot of communities that I work in, there's 15 currency exchanges and no banks. So even when you get the $1,200 stimulus check, you're going to go get robbed. They're going to take 3% of your check right away at the currency exchange. Why can't we be teaching financial literacy to open up bank accounts? One of the things I'm telling youth right now is to set goals, man. If you like, if you find your purpose, your purpose will pull you to like, it, it'll, having goals creates a force field around you. Like you're not going to be going to no party in a pandemic if you got goals. Like, you know, this ain't on my list of goals. So I'm just trying to talk to youth about how important it is to set daily goals, weekly goals, family goals, personal goals, business goals, school goals. Because I'm telling you, when you have goals and you're really clear on them, they, they can pull you through a pandemic. And that's kind of the um, I don't know how it works. I just know it works. Yeah. Uh, man, I, I love that response. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I, uh, for me, coming from, like I said, coming from the community I come from, from 72nd and Marshfield, dealing with the young people that I deal with, like we all are, like I, I always try to challenge them as far as like the men aspect. I think one of the things our community is severely lacking in is just this strong, positive force of men. And I think that when it comes to what you were just saying, Jamal, like, I think that that's something that we should be making our young people look forward to right now. Like, we dropped the ball finally. We've had time to sit back and think about what our responsibilities are in our community. And for me, I've accepted the challenge. When you said, you know, your purpose will pull you, my purpose, me following that purpose got me in this moment right now on this conversation, you know, I, I, I'm somebody that, even though I coach basketball, I try to make it more about life, more about relationships than it is about basketball. Basketball is my magnet. Um, so everything you were just saying was just hitting home to me, bro. So real quick, before we go, I just want to, man, I promise y'all, we're doing so much to get through here with y'all. It's dope to just know that you're not the only one out here that's working, and I see what y'all are doing, but, I just want to give y'all y'all roses, man, and tell y'all, man and man, I appreciate y'all work. Appreciate that. Yeah. I you love know, it. I tell my young people all the time, life is 10% what happens to you, 90%. Uh, life is 10% uh, what happens to you, 90% how you respond to it. Yeah. And uh, for me, you know, I tell them all the time, you can either be productive or destructive. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, you have you have this time. What are you going to do to be productive? Yeah. What are you going to do in order to advance your life or get to where you know you want to get to? And what we try to do at the male mogul is just help them and guide them and set goals to help them to get to where they ultimately want to be. I love it. Love it. <laughs> I know, right? You got to say something. I was going to say something. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, nah, I mean, no. Nah, uh, like for me, it's just more so I use my platform as a barber. You know, I, I, I deal with the youth all day every day you know what i'm saying my mouthpiece is what i use you know what i'm saying i, I if i can touch one you know that, that's that's no, you most of our therapists you most yeah. of our therapists that's exactly why I'm, I, I keep saying you know promoting mental health like you know that's yeah. you know talking to them seeing where they head at you know no, don't hang out with that guy today you know what i'm saying yeah. do do your thing over here you know what I'm saying? Cause that's not you. You know, that that that's the, the candid conversations I have, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh with, with my influence. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah, you. I was I was gonna say to that, um, one of my best friends, she's a hairstylist, and she was telling me in coming back to from the pandemic, like they have to take now like a domestic violence class or something like that, because during this time when they started to come back to the barbershops and to the 
uh, hair salons, you're going to start hearing what's been going on in the homes, right? <laughs> so, you know, I'm getting my hair done, but I've been with my abusive husband a little longer than I used to, you know what I'm saying? Or kids will start talking about the things they're lacking. And so uh, I really want to push on the point. I know I had to come prepared. I've been speaking on y'all pages. Um, Tim had made a point on his page that I absolutely love. But she said, um, you've been doing some posts like we have to look to save us, right? So I know you've been making a lot of posts about like some of the racial things that's been going on, right? Um, I also want to bring this up because we also know summertime shy is coming. I don't know what that's going to look like, especially with us maybe still in this stay-at-home order. And um, I, I guess I just want us to just kind of hit on that. Like, What are some things we may still need to address even in preparation for the season that we're in that we're about to, to enter into? Real quick. I mean, I'm going to say this. Everything that was going on prior to the pandemic in our communities is really still going on. So I, it, it would be kind of, for me, the continue of, the, of addressing problems that's already been there. I mean, for me personally, within the last three weeks, I've had three people that I've known be shot and killed. I've had the young man that was killed um, on the train tracks. He was from my community, from 71st Marshfield. These things have been going on. And that's why, for me, when I have conversations, I press on that men factor. You know, I, I'm, I was raised by my mother with six brothers and sisters. And she did a hell of a job. My mother did a hell of a job raising us. But the impact of every man that I've come in contact with in my life was so, you know, vital for me in my growth process and becoming who I am today. So I push on that a lot. I think that it's, it's that we at that point during this pandemic where we have a conversation where we need to say, you know what, us as men, we need to go in our communities and say, you know what, we're not having this no more. You know what I mean? Like our job is to protect. And the Bible says our, our job is to protect and provide. And I think that that's something that we're not doing a good job at. So when I say what I said in that post, it's because of that. Like, we have to save that. I have to take my responsibility and step into that and everybody else. So that, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. Anyone want to add? Or if not, I'm going to go to our next question we have posed from the chat. I'll just pose it out there and if you have something you can add to it. So in the, in the vein of summertime coming up, a question was posed. So what can we do this upcoming summer that's virtually for our youth and families? Has any of you all kind of had ideas of what that looks like as far as what that virtual work will look like? Well, right now, what we're doing next week is uh, we're having um, we're having an Air Force One designer do like a virtual workshop where he does painting on shoes, a leather Air Force One. So all of our students are getting a our graduates are getting a white pair, fresh pair of Air Forces, and we're gonna do a virtual workshop that teaches them how to paint shoes and how to, how to design shoes. And this guy works at Nike, so I think that's gonna be innovative. We've also been doing virtual cooking shows every Thursday where we, you know, we cook, um, you know, just pasta. We tried to make gumbo, it was just a little bit too much, but <laughs> But we're just trying to teach people how to cook virtually. And also we're doing um, last, Two nights ago, we had a virtual call to Indonesia where the, you know, people could see the rivers in Indonesia, talk to young people in Indonesia, and see the different money in Indonesia. And they was like, oh, man, you ain't got no subway over here. But they actually get to you know, travel the world without leaving their crib. So it's like we're, we're, using, um, we're using Zoom to the fullest uh, capability right now. Yeah. Okay. So we actually are, in the summertime, going to do a curriculum called... Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, master in manhood. So uh, 
you know, for our, so I know a lot of the ASM programming, a lot of One Summer Chicago is all going virtual this summer. So we want to do something that's edifying for our young men and to build them up in uh, identity of who they are as, you know, men, especially as African-American. Very so uh, before the next person shares, uh, Jamal, they want to know what is the link? Could they get a link to those things as far as like with the Air Force One and the how would they find out more about those things? Yeah, you can go to our website at fourmobblock.org and just sign up. It's for the Youth Senior Connect. That's for jobs. And um, as far as the Air Force One, just go, just just fill out an app right on our website. Um, we're um, we're not buying Air Force Ones, everybody. I'm gonna put y'all through some, some tasks, but. But um, and Nike got to give me a discount. But no, I'm just trying to be innovative, man. Honestly, like um, it's I want to I want to touch on something as well. Like things ain't gonna change this summer in Chicago. Like you know, they, they, things don't. They, it's gonna be the same as it is every summer. Things never change until you change. Yeah. Like the only way things get better for you is when you get better. So I just want to distress to a lot of youth or whoever's listening is that um, it's it's gonna be pretty much the same as it's always been unless you decide to change. So what's something simple that you can do that'll make a difference on your block? And if you start simple, you can develop the muscle it takes to take on bigger challenges. And it don't have to be something huge, man. You can shovel snow for you. I mean, it's, it's the summertime, so you can't shovel snow, but you can literally like get masks for everybody in your block or make a mask. You could just give a, a card to everybody in your block and say hello. Just who are your neighbors? Like sometimes we, we wanna, you don't have to have a master's degree to make a difference on your block. You know what I mean? You don't have to be a lawyer. So I just want people to think simple. And, um, and do what they can where they're at right now. Yeah. I love it. One of the questions that was just posed is that if you, uh, great point, um, the question was, if you were a teen during this time, how would you handle it? It's so crazy, me and, uh, <laughs> me and some of my former teammates were just having this conversation. Um, about how we would have handled this situation. We didn't come up with any good answers. I don't think we would have, I don't know if I would have known what to do. Being in a house that you know, grew up in a house with a lot of people, you know, like no space, all those things that these young people are going through right now. Um, I don't know how I would have handled that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Ron, how would you, how would you be as a team right now? Man, look. <laughs> like I was saying, like I did uh getting back to those things that I've gotten away from. Yeah, I'd be in the backyard somewhere, honestly. Um also, you know, thinking back then I was I was pretty but I was an honest student. So that whole e-learning thing would have been, you know, work hard and then you know, backyard time. Mm -hmm. To try to create that schedule, that routine, like to keep the, you know what I'm saying, the sanity down, like, man, like, okay, when I do this, I'm going to do this and just, just think of different stuff, you know, on my own or even like um, interact with my family more, yeah. you know, since we all in the house. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think for me, I thought about the same thing with Tim just said, I don't know how high school would have been for me with social media. Yeah. Right. Like social media for me was like a college, you know, later on thing. And I think now um, the biggest thing I think would be hard for me as a teen is just seeing so much happening in the world and I can't interact with, it. you know what I mean? Like I think for many of our teens, I think they had that big thing about like how they gonna have that big party on the West side or how they gonna do this. It's like at the end of the day, I'm a teenager. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to be with my friends. I'm trying to kick it. 
Um, I think that social media, I mean, so many things, both good and bad, come with it. I don't know how I would personally have done with it because I would feel like I'm missing out. You know what I mean? And and it, and especially when you got certain states opening up, certain states not, like, I'll be looking at my mom like, my cousin's in Atlanta's outside, well, I can't go outside. You know what I mean? So I think at the end of the day, it's kind of hard to, I mean, I have an eight-year-old son. It's hard for him to understand, like, why? Like, why can't I? You know what I mean? Like, I get it, but so what I'm supposed to do? You know what I mean? Fortnite is only fun for so long, you know? So I think just get, I think for me, it would be hard to process because I, we're in an age where everything is so easily accessible. And you're, you keep telling me no, and I don't understand why it's a no. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know for me, uh, being a three-sport athlete in high school, uh, uh, playing football, basketball, and track, I probably would be angry right now. And um, I would need some you know, guidance during this time because I wouldn't be okay mentally, mm-hmm. you know, emotionally, and those things. So... Uh, I understand where some of these young men are coming from as far as just with the disappointment and just the hurt that they're dealing with. I'm having withdrawals from being in the gym right now as a grown <laughs> Exactly. This what this all a lot of these kids do to what you were saying. Exactly. This is what they do. This is what we do. Yeah. And the thing that we love is taken away from us. I just don't know how I would have coped with that as a 14 or 15 year old young man. It would have been different. I think. Tough. Yeah. yeah. Try to look at the comments. I'm going to go to the next one. It's still some uh, some more coming in, but I'm going to go to my next question. So when we think about the city, and I want to put up one of the comments that someone posed um, before you answer it. The question I want to know is like, what is our call of action to the city of Chicago? And so I think that a lot of times, like, you know, I love Jamal's model of just like block by block, like what can you handle here? But I think also it's a matter of like, a lot of times I think it's just like lack of access and knowing like what the city actually does owe us and what we could do to work with the city and what can we do to like, I think it is of course like home by home, but what's some things that we should be maybe even asking for the city or maybe things that you already know the city is working on and we don't know. But like call of action, like what would be your call of action to the city of Chicago? Not just the South Side, the West Side, but just in general, um, the whole city. And before you all answer, one of the comments that was, some people are giving more questions. One of the comments was back to like this, um, the, the technology that families were given during this time. And so, Joseph Williams, which I know you know Tim, he uh, he mentioned we need to keep every resource that the city and state are providing now. It makes no sense for kids to not have internet and computers to take home and for all the hardships we have to face in general. So just even that whole idea of like, okay, kids were, because of this pandemic, given computers and internet, that means you could have gave them to this before the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? So like, what are some conversations like I think crisis brings about action, but what are some things that in general, like now that I know you have money for that, what else should we be thinking about that we should be uh, thinking about as a city? So uh, just to that to that call of action, what do you think should be our, our, our mindset when it comes to the city of Chicago? So uh, one thing I would have to say though, is that I have to give the city of Chicago some credit. So New York, they shut down all their youth programs, everything, like nothing's going on in the summer. LA did the same thing. And I'm just happy uh, that Chicago is still trying to do something for the youth this summer, whether it's uh, digital or it's in person. 
they're making conservative efforts to try to reach uh, some of the young people in this city. And I just uh, thank uh, Mayor Lightfoot for that because she didn't have to do that because a lot of other big cities are just, you know, uh, shutting it down for the summer. Yeah. I agree. Well, I think we give, they give Miss Lightfoot, Mayor Lightfoot, too hard of a time. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, I think that everything she's been doing, I was able to talk to her a little bit before the Girls City Championship this year and just to hear somebody like her speak the way that she does and how passionate she is about our communities. Um, I, I'm thankful for that. You know, man, I'm thankful to that to have somebody as a leader like that for us. And to answer your question as far as what my call to action is, if we mean, I'm always talking on that same thing about the need for male mentorship. What, what every one of you all are doing, as we know, um, because you all are working with young guys. Remember, you are working in high school and you see these young men. A lot of these young guys are just lost. They don't have any leadership. They don't have anybody that's kind of laying down a foundation for how they should be. So the fact that they got guys like us, they got other guys that's out here working, Joseph Williams is somebody that was just watching, who I'm a big fan of, one for the work that he does in the Inglewood area, Brandon Dawson, McKinley Nelson. Um, I just think that it's, it's at a point I've, I've been having conversations I'm in right now. I've been having conversations with people in my network throughout the lockdown. Um, me and, and my message to them has been, once this is over, how can we come together to make sure that we are working together to make the right moves moving forward? You know, for me more so than anything, it's about like, okay, let's dialogue right now. We got the time to talk. Just like this, we got the time to talk. But after this, how can we all move forward together? And it not be about me. It not be about you, Walter, or you, Jamal, or you, Ron, but it be about the young people that we work with. But shit, this, I mean, we grown men now. We done made our decisions. We are who we're going to be. We got to give our kids a chance. So that's my call to action. I agree. I think it's the same vein before the next person speaks. Uh, Joe just said, and, and the same you said, call to action. We need to have the youth at the table to see what they want. We create things for the youth, but we never ask them what they want. So a call, so a youth council should be created to help make put on um, some input on things. That's uh, that's actually what I was <laughs> what I was just about to say. Uh, it kind of goes with what I said. Uh, every Saturday we do the Zoom calls with our youth group, and so what we do is we ask them, "What's going on with y'all? What would y'all like to see?" You know what I'm saying? Uh, what What are the things that y'all got going on every day? What 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 do you you all want to do to break the monotony of what's going on for you all right now? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, great point. Uh, yeah, we should we definitely should see what the youth want as opposed to just you know steadily creating something for them because they might not want to do that. They might or they might have a better idea to tweak it. You yeah, know, right. but we do come up with so. Yeah. They gotta understand that we don't though. They deal with it. They understand for real though. To That's true. Point, they understand That's what they're going through better than we do. Mm-hmm. That's a great point to me. That's true. Any other call to action? If not, I'll pull up another question that just came up. Nope. Well, we'll go to this question. So the question that they pose is, so what do you make, what is the sense can we make of the violence that continues during this pandemic? I mean, if I talk to a, a youth and, you know, a teenager or a millennial, anytime I say, hey, man, what do you, what you do for your birthday? They say, oh, I ain't do nothing. I was in the house. I'm trying to stay out the way. Oh, what you do for Christmas? I ain't do nothing. I was in the house. I'm trying to stay out the way. Uh, what you do for New Year's? Man, I ain't do nothing. I was in the house. I'm trying to stay. I mean, kids been trying to stay out of the way to danger their whole life, I feel yeah. like. Um, and um, 
now people know what it feels like to live under the specter of death and not knowing like where your next meal gonna come from. A lot of students in the, that I've worked with are so resilient because they've been dealing with this type of, they've been desensitized to danger their whole life. So they, no wonder they've been going out. This is something they deal with on a daily basis. Just when you walk to school past the safe passage signs in your community, every sign says safe passage. It's more technology on the light poles than it is in the classrooms. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say that uh, our Chicago, if you grew up in Chicago, you can make it anywhere. Our youth is the most resilient students in the world. So I would, um, yeah, I just, I just, I would tell the, as far as the violence, man, that's, that's, that's some goals, man. Because if you got some goals, man, you're not about to hop in the car with them drug dealers. You know, you're saying on my list of goals. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know how it works, but I'm telling you, once you start setting detailed goals for yourself, the universe brings it to you. And we're not teaching goal setting a lot in schools anymore. When you say that, Jamal, I look at like, um, I always tell people like the big homie syndrome. Like I grew up in the neighborhood where the big homies, the guys I consider like the big homies, while they were doing some negative things, they were, they positive, positively influenced me. Man, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Take your goofy over there to the park. Go play basketball. Get away from it. It's about, so it was a communication, a dialogue that I had with them. Mm. A lot of these kids don't have. So even for me, if I'm coaching on any one of us, we might spend five hours out of day with this kid, one kid, but then he got to go back to the rest of the day going to the next time he see you, back to all of the same things that's going on, back to the same type of people in this community. Um, so again, going back to people, I, I try to focus on my neighborhood so much because I came up in an era where those big homies actually stood for something in the community. They was doing what they had to do to make money. And I'm not agreeing with them decisions, but at the end of the day, it was that. But I look at it, it's not what you want, but how did you, you know, use what you was doing? And them guys at the end of the day was making sure that I was getting to school. I grew up with uh, Derek Rose. We both grew up on 72nd and Marshfield. Both played as Simeon together, been friends since second grade. And these same guys that I'm talking about are some of the guys that helped him become who he is today as far as helping him get out of our community. So I'm always pushing that pressure because we benefited from it. I saw the benefits of it. Every, all the work that y'all are doing, the contact y'all have with the kids, that benefit is going to be shown eventually. They're going to learn from y'all. They're they watching. They're paying attention. So. I think that that's what we can make sense of is that it's just this is going to be that way. We're going to keep having violence until we have like a stronger presence of us. It can't just be us four. It got to be 400. It got to be 4,000. It got to be 400,000. And we all working towards that same goal. So that's what, how I make sense of the violence. I, I, I want to echo that. I tell people all the time, and even the reason for these platforms, we've been having them for like the last three, four weeks, is because I believe that we have lost this village mentality, right? I believe we're in these blocks where everyone like just take care of their own home. You know what I mean? Like I remember growing up and stuff was mitigated because I know she's gonna trick on me on the corner. You know what I mean? Like she knows my mama, they know my cousins, like the candy store man. I mean, I remember growing up, going to my cousin's house, they lived over on 82nd and Ellis. They were in games, but it was a community village. You see what I'm saying? Like, like you just said, like they would be like, I right, we're gonna take you get some candy. You need to go go back in the house. You know what I mean? Or you know, everyone just knew each other. You looked out, like you, you knew who was the older person on the block, you helped them do what they need to do. The police officer actually, I mean, could mitigate stuff because they knew the people in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? It was like more of a village mentality. And I think when we ask questions like why is stuff still happening? Because we don't really be caring about our whole neighborhood. We care about our our block, 
I might care about my friend, but the whole like you my neighbor, I look out for you, you look out for me, we're losing that. And because of that, I'm you know, I can rob you because I don't look at you as family. I don't look at you as, you know what I'm saying, my big cousin or my cousin. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I, I believe a lot of stuff. And I grew up in Auburn, Russia my whole life. And I think that what I grew up around is so different. Like you said, we had violence all the time, but it was a difference of, like, respect. And you just understood family. And, you know what I mean? We all went to the same elementary school, same high school. I think this whole, like, we are a village has been lost, and I and I think we need to build that back. Like we need to bring back block clubs. We need to bring back all these things that made you care about your neighborhood. You know what I mean? It wasn't her block. I'm gonna pick up your trash. So guess what? It's on my block. I don't care. That's not my house. You know what I'm saying? It's just things that we've lost. It's very like my family. As long as my family good, we all good. I think for me, uh, I think a lot of bad decisions are made based off economics and based off money. Mm -hmm. And what I try to do is uh, provide them an alternative route. It's like, yeah, you can be on this corner, but you can you know, create your own business. You know what? I'll pay you to come and learn about entrepreneurship. And then from there, you can use those skills and you can create a legal or legit business. So you know, what, we, what I try to do and what the organization tries to do is to basically give them alternative routes uh for uh economic gain and a lot of times some of our best students are those who used to sell drugs or who used to be on the streets because they have those skills they just need to they transfer already got them. Some business, yeah, yeah they already got the skills it's just transferring those skills into something that's positive yeah. i love it can um, i have a real quick yeah real? go ahead yeah. Yeah, yeah i got a question so and uh, this for everybody so right now we're looking at in the city of chicago we have I believe somewhere close to nine or 10 guys in the NBA from the city of Chicago. I believe it's nine or 10 guys in the NBA from the city of Chicago. We know that by them being athletes and our NFL guys, but that's a platform that none of us are fortunate enough to have as far as being present day athletes in this era. My question to you all is, do you believe that our communities are suffering because we can't even get guys from those levels to come back and work with guys like us towards the progression of our communities, being it, I know what I'm saying like utilizing them in their platform to push a message or push uh, something that we, an agenda that we create. I think it's kind of twofold. Uh, for me, I actually used to play professionally. My brother played professionally, uh, the Charmin Hall for the Steelers, yeah. and I think. It's good for them to be involved as a figurehead, but I think it starts with guys like us who was with them. You know, you best friends, you know what I'm saying, with Derrick Rose. And it's just to empower them, empowering your mission. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think they could do a better job. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. They could do a be better job of empowering or helping to empower us to, you know, kind of, um, you know, uh, build our platform in a way. Mm-hmm. We had um, Joker yeah, yeah. was running for Alderman. He ran for Alderman, I believe it was in the 15th or the 16th. He had Kenny Dolph running in the 15th or 16th. They were running right next to each other. And the reason why I said what I just said is because I felt like there, and we got a great Stephanie Coleman is a fantastic Alderman over there. Um, but by me being from that community, I just wanted people to have an understanding of that community. And I just was talking to God and say, you know what? It ain't about, like you said, Walter, being there per se, but 
there's nothing with me reposting something that Kenny yeah. does because what it's going to do is galvanize all the people in the community that follow me. So that's why I was saying, like, do we think that they need to utilize that a little bit more for our embedment? Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree with that. Okay. Got you. Um, before, and if people have questions, again, pose them. I see like they're starting to dwindle off. We have like two more I'm going to pose. Um, but again, then before we, we end, I want each of you all to just share again how people can stay connected to the work you're doing and how you um, really are making an impact. The question is from Shannon. She said, what motivates you guys to want to be involved? We really appreciate this as women because it really does take a village. So just what what inspired you? Like my black, my hood, my city, like where did that come from? Is it because you saw a lack of it as you growing up? Like I know you spoke a little bit about like the the um, mobile, yeah. like how that started, but just like what got you all to eat? Because not everyone gets up and actually does the work, yeah. right? So so what was it that made you say, you know what, let me actually go out and become actively involved in what's going on? Yeah, for me, um, it was watching Malcolm X growing up, you know, and uh, I mean, people were watching Aladdin and I was watching Malcolm X. I thought Denzel Washington was Malcolm X. I've seen that movie so many times. And so when I got, um, when I became older uh, and graduated college, I started um, um, selling books downtown Chicago in front of Foot Locker. And some of those motivational books got into Cook County Jail. And I would go to Cook County Jail to volunteer. And that's when in the jail, the guys didn't want to hear me speak. And it made me mad. So I'd be like, man, you don't want to hear me speak. Where are you from? And one guy would be like, man, my block is 21st Street. And another guy would say, man, my hood is the low end. And I'd be like, y'all say my block and my hood like y'all own something on the block. <laughs> Why y'all own nothing? Why don't you ever say my city? And they's like, oh, man, ain't no black people downtown. Ain't no, and so that's, for me, it was like um, I was following the, the call from God to serve and to, and, to, and to just get involved and help out any way I could. And so I know it seems like I have a program or a nonprofit organization, but, man, I pay a lot of light bills, a lot of phone bills, a lot of Metro PCS bills. I will do whatever it takes, drive kids to college. I just want to be a positive role model in their lives. And it all started from seeing Malcolm X speaking in the community with the beauty supply store in the back or, you know, the barbershop in the back. I was like, man, he on a strip helping the people. And I wanted to be like that. And that's, a, I'm still trying to be like that for me. That's, that's, that did. that's actually my favorite movie. <laughs> that's my favorite movie. It's, uh, it's funny because when you say that, I mean, I'm motivated by Malcolm X tremendously. A lot of the stuff that I do is if you look on my social media, you will see so much stuff from Malcolm X because I'm trying to believe in a lot of his teachings. But what motivated me was, again, I played at Simeon from 2003 to 2007. During that time, we won a lot. We was able to do a lot of great things. And uh, because of that, I was able to experience a lot. So for me growing up in Inglewood, I only knew from Ashland to Hawaii where my school was from 69th to 74th. And when I started playing basketball, and I became good at basketball, I was in Dallas, Texas. I was in Vegas. I was in Atlanta. And I was around and seeing really how people really interact with each other. Right? So doing that, using that at that moment, going to college, coming back here. And then I lost. Um, Gregory Robinson was like my little brother. He got killed. And um, nobody knew what happened to him. Nobody said and All he wanted to do was play basketball. So that was like my thing. When that happened to him, I was like, man, I got to get back out here and coach because I just, you know, I lost somebody that was so close to me and my family that it was like, this is my way to get back. And then once I actually got into it, I just enjoyed it so much. I found my second passion for the game of basketball through it. 
It's just like they, these things work hand in hand. Like you said, you paying phone bills, paying light bills. That's what we do as coaches. You're doing the same thing as a mentor. Walter, you're doing the same thing, right? We all doing the same thing, just in different ways, because this is just that call uh, from God. So, again, man, I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful for this opportunity. <laughs> for real, for real. For real. I, that's dope. I know for me, uh, I just had strong mentors my whole life. Grew up in a single parent household. And a lot of my mentors were my coaches. I actually lived with my coach the last two years of my high school career because, you know, my mother, uh, you know, uh, decided to move because she couldn't no longer from where we live. And uh, even too, my mom was just a servant. She was a youth minister down in Riverdale. And, uh, you know, she had us out there serving. We was out there handing out flyers, getting paid my dog, the whole nine. And at the time, I really didn't know why she did what she did because it seemed like, you know, you weren't getting no money out of it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, fast forward after I was done playing football and, you know, really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, just remember going into a school on the West side on a career day, met a great young man, uh, was a, you know, basketball player, had 3.2 GPA, but sold drugs in order to get the things that he wanted. And I was just like, man, after that day, I'm like, how many young men in this uh, city and this nation have the gifts, the opportunities. I mean, the gifts, the ingenuity, the successful entrepreneurs are not necessarily exposure and opportunity. So that's how it kind of formed. And uh, it actually started with five kids at a church. Now we service over 100 young men a month. So, you know, it's just, like you said, that passion and that, uh, you know, that, that drive and that, you know, wanting to make a difference in somebody's life. You know. Thank you, bro. Uh, so where do I start? Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> man. So <laughs> initially, the seed was planted by my mother. Um, I went. I went to Mount Carmel High School. Uh, I went there all four years, and during those four years, we almost got evicted seven times hmm. because my mother struggled to pay my school tuition, and instead of pulling me out. You know, it took the village, you know, mm -hmm. during, as you said, it took the village. And so um, that was the initial seed. Fast forward, um, when I first became a barber, I was working in the shop and I was behind a chair and this, this lady was in there getting her hair done. And she was like, man, um, I come in, I get my hair done and I see, you know, I see how you dress. I see your style. I think you would be perfect for uh, my mentor program that I have at Columbia College. She was a uh, director of multicultural affairs at Columbia College. And uh, I was like, so what is it? And she was like, it's called Barbershop. And what it was was that um, I came, I gave free haircuts. Uh, they catered the food and it was an all male program. And we just chopped it up. All ages, uh, all black men, uh, all students from Columbia. Sometimes we had high school students in there and with us having those candid conversations, I saw the impact that I was able to have and, you know, um, giving out those haircuts and stuff like that. And it was actually changing some of those guys' lives. And we would talk to them and ask them, oh, well, do y'all think this program is relative and stuff like that? And the responses that we got was amazing. And so it was at that point I was like, okay, this, this is a great feeling. So I need to keep doing this however what way i could do this or however i can to impact somebody you know whatever gift that god gave me that's gonna be my purpose and so at the end of the day 
my motto is being a change that I want to see. And that's what keeps me going. I love it. Um, I just want to say my heart is full. And I'm so grateful that you all first even said we would be on this panel. And I'm also excited because as I'm looking in the comments, there's so many just beautiful sharing of information. People are like, man, this is inspiring me. Like uh, one of my good friends, she teaches on the website. She's like, I have so many boys who are looking for mentors. I'm gonna let them know about these things that's going on. And that's the whole reason for this is just really providing a platform where people can understand that there is amazing work happening in our city. And as even Tim hit, I mean, it's so many people that could have been on this panel, right? It's so many people doing great work. And I want people to know that as well. Just like we had our girls panel last week. There's just so many people that's doing great work and we are just seeing the beginning of it. And I hope that this is just the beginning of this more and more great partnerships and things that can build. Um, so before we close out, um, I want everyone to know if you have additional questions for myself or anyone on the panel, if you put them in the comments, I know a lot of people are asking for your contact info and websites and whatever you're doing. I will make sure I put this in the thread. So if you're watching the video, you can get it. Um, but just one last time, if everyone can just say their name, how they can connect with you, and then we'll, um, we'll close out. So again, anyone want to just kind of shout out some, maybe some things that's coming up or just like last little tidbit of how they can continue to connect with you. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, so uh, my name again is uh, Walter Mendenhall. Uh, my office number is uh, 312-620-5657. Uh, we also have a website, the Mail Mogul Initiative, uh, org. Uh, M-A-L, so mail, not like mail, 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 M-A-L-E, Mogul Initiative, uh, org. And you can also email us at the Mail Mogul Initiative at gmail.com. Awesome. So if you want to catch me, you can uh, Facebook. You can me on Facebook at Tim Flower. Instagram is Tim Flower 33. Um, you can email me at timflower 33 at gmail.com. Um, I'm always reply to people, so reach out to me, whatever you want. Yeah, my name is Jamal Cole. I'm on My Block, My Hood, My City. You can follow us. Um, all handles are in My Block, My Hood, My City on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, if you're a youth that's looking for a job right now, go to our website, formyblock.org, so formyblock.org, and please apply. If you're a senior that needs support right now, uh, we are getting groceries and well-being packets out to seniors, please go on our website. Or if your parents or grandmother needs support, go on our website, formyblock.org, and fill out that application, and we'll get back to you immediately. So thank you, guys. Awesome, awesome. All right. Um, you can reach me at, uh, as my name on Facebook, Ron Scott. Uh, on Instagram, my handle is Styles by Fresh. That's S T Y L Z B Y F underscore R underscore E S H. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you all. Um, again, those who are watching, I appreciate your comments and being engaged. I hope that you are inspired. I hope you also will give us some ideas of ways we can continue to build in our community. And uh, one of the comments someone made, I'm going to chew on it. They said, maybe we should do something like mentor and mentee panels. So like actually have some of you all come back with your mentees and just kind of share how that work is working and we can put their their voices at the table. So I, I do like that idea that someone gave. So again, thank you all for listening in and um, we'll definitely connect next week. Take care.
All right, thank you. All right. All right. Mm -hmm.